Yeah. If I die tomorrow, I hope you hear these words. I ain't here to flip no birds or sip no syrup. Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are here. Here. It's your boy, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. Anybody tone from across the hall. So, yeah, we're here on a Tuesday night, just the nerds hanging out um, because we're here for you guys. And I don't know about you guys. It's just it's been a tiring like week already. And we're only on Tuesday. Yes and no. Yes it's, and no. It's, it's it's you know that that tire in August because summer's winding down and Labor Day's starting and yeah, I feel like August is just busy too. Like there's so much that happens in August that you're just kind of trying to squeeze it all into one month, and then September comes and you're like stumbling through the door of September and just like ready to crash. Well, yeah. Let's get through the announcements so we can get to the fun stuff of the show. So first up, first podcast announcements, blah, 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 podcast guest spots. I'll no guest spots anytime soon, but um, we want to give a shout out over at Get In Tune because uh, George from Catch the Craze is on there tonight. So after this show, go to the On Demand, check it out, rewatch it, give a shout out to Michael Gracia, tell him we sent you. Um, we dropped our creator series on Friday, Chandra Free, our interview with Chandra Free. So we got to interview her. Awesome. Um, again, creative. What I did differently this time around, guys, is that after this episode too, you can go actually in the description. It is there for you guys to actually click and watch. It's a great interview. It goes about 20, 30 minutes. Um, and again, if you want to listen to it audio, go to Spotify. Um, also too, I want to give a shout out to Emilio Rodriguez, uh, sent me over a book for us to read Exodus from dark fire press. So, um, we got, I got to read it. It was a great book. Um, again, head over to darkfirepress.com. I put the link in the description for you guys to go there, check it out. It's a great book. Um, he wrote it as a great art team that, um, pretty much helped put this together and all that. Um, so again, Emilio has been in the chat. So shout out to you, Emilio, um, every, you know, for just sending out that book. It's a great book guys. So I highly recommend it. Um, also too, if you've been following our Instagram and TikTok, I have posted a schedule that has all the creative series going out all the way until December. That's, a, that's so crazy to me that we like <laughs> yo yo everybody doesn't know how crazy we work behind the scenes of, of all the interviews we pre-recorded <laughs> but it was a lot it was a lot of great interviews a lot of great people so i'm excited for all those interviews to come out because it was a lot of great people we got to speak to and everything so again if you guys are not following on the instagram and the tiktok um please follow it again it has the whole list of all the creator series that are coming out so enough of that. So yeah, subscribe to us on TikTok and YouTube. Please, please follow us. Everyone who's already following us and subscribing, we thank you. This is how you stay up to date with what we're doing, fun stuff and all that. I mean, we did a fun photo shoot over the summer. If you missed it, you kind of missed it. But you know, it was all it was the all white photo shoot with the barbecue It'll and Tony on again. the grill. It's gonna happen again. It will happen again. It will happen again. I nominate our next outfit, it's just all black. Okay. Like everything. I'm not doing I'm, that shit in the summer, man. That's not in the summer. Who yeah. said summer? I said the next fit. Winter is coming. I'm, listen, listen, I'm not gonna do. see you. I'm not gonna see you till next summer. That's no, what you're no, trying to tell me. I don't. I don't know. I don't That's know. how you feel. <laughs> I mean, the holiday. Just tell me how you really feel. If you, you, if you want, want me to stay in New York, if you if you want that knee, you know, or if you want, you know, whatever we have. I think ham is what we do on Thanksgiving. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Which have you guys choose the next outfit for us? Is it gonna be pink? Oh, is it gonna be black? Okay. Oh my god! Have you guys vote? I would do it though. Ooh. I would. <laughs> Ooh. We are less than two weeks away, guys. Are you excited? Yo, it's again. August has been so wild and crazy. We got so much coming up. Listen, I am excited for this show because, um, again, if you guys haven't checked out the website, there's a lot of great stuff now already posted on the website from uh, featured creators, artists, panels, or um, like pretty much all the Saturday's panels are up. The listing for Sunday's panels, the cosplay contest, it's still um, open for those who um, submit in. The rules are there, a $100 gift card from Amazon or um, Apple. Um, use code get nerdy with it 10% to get off um 10% off the VIP swag. If you're looking for a digital vendors booth, you can get 10% off too with that code. So booths is still open and all that. You can actually go to the website to check out what those vendors booths are. Um Sebastian um Jones is one of the feature creators on that. Sam Vera from um Catch the Craze and also to JM DeSantis from Darkfire Press. Um, Ed Iron Pinky back in the yo. back of the show back in the building. Again, this show is developing to be great stuff, great things, and then over 30-plus panels that are happening. So, um, again, there are over 30-plus panels happening in the span of two days virtually for everyone to join. And we're not talking about a continuous stream. These are going to be individual panels that are going to be airing throughout the day. So check out the time. Check out the listing. If you want to find out, again, to creative and everything, that is the, this is the best way because everything is a tutorial for someone who is there looking to get into creative from cosplay to voice acting to comics to you know, crafting. I mean, man, we got it. Um, but 28th, 29th um, next week. Um, and just to say it too, next week's nerds, not only will we do What If, but it's going to be a little bit of a pre-show for NBR because Eric Hutch will be in the building, the CEO of NBON, so he will be a guest on the show next week. So, yes, that is uh, a little bit right there for NBON Con. We also got to give a shout-out because September 4th and September 5th, we will be there September 5th for the virtual show um, for um, Geek South Staten Island. That is their website right there. If you're in the Staten Island area or in the Tri-State area over there, their live shows on the 4th. If you can't make it um, or, you know, you, you still want to be indoors and everything because everything out there with COVID and all that, you also have their virtual shows. So, again, um, check it out. The virtual shows on the fifth. We will be doing again a panel on the fifth for the show. I'll be doing also a live drawing as well. So make sure you guys have the date set. Um, finally, finally, check out Poughkeepsie area Galleria Mall, 23rd, 24th. Um, keep following the website for Incredicon um HV from a credit chat. If you guys haven't checked out credit chat by Mike Lopez, go check it out. It's in the description. Check it out after the show. But um Again, check it out. They're doing their show the 23rd, 24th um, at the Poughkeepsie Gallery Mall. Make sure you're going to their website to keep up to date with everything that's going on. So make sure you guys are following that. Now, as I was doing that talk about NBOncom, because we're doing a lot of panel hosting, um, Tony's going to be hosting some panels. Law's going to be hosting some panels. I'm going to be hosting some panels. And Tony's going to be hosting a panel for the podcasters on Saturday. One of the many, 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 many guests joining on the podcast channel, on the podcast panel. You guys have seen him on the show before. You've seen him on the show before. You've seen him play the game. They tried to play the game, and he lost the game because, you know, Tony brought the game. And, and you know, sometimes he wants to bring a little nerd Jesus in our life. So I want to give it up for the one, the only, Charlie Radio Williams. All right. First of all, I need to know if you guys can hear me out there. We yes, can. We can I can't hear you, Charlie. We can. We see. We see that mic. We see yeah, that mic. Yeah. All right. So we you can, can hear glorious. me. We can right. hear you. I, I'm, is, I'm a fan of the lighting. This is a sloppy setup. I feel like I'm a mess. 
you know, I would have put on my whole Jesus piece and came out and started <laughs> the night with a sermon. But I, I'm just not ready. I'm just not. I'm just not ready, ladies. It's, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I apologize. Do we were talking about it. Do better, it's, Charlie. It's it's getting to that point where it's like two, <laughs> like like Will said, it's the end of the summer. And everybody's like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, welcome back. Thank you guys for having me. Um, Law, I saw your message. Law inboxed me the other day. I, I've been meaning to get back to you. I'm just like all over the place, Same. mentally, physically. Same. So don't worry about it. So Tone, it's good to see you. Tone. Did anybody ever tell you you look like you are always at a firing range? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I see the video, your glasses, the hat, and the, like, you are literally like at a firing range. <laughs> Wanted to put that out there. Listen, just. listen, I, I, got, I, I, gotta, I gotta shoot down haters of the mustache. You know, you gotta take Ooh. them out. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Can, can, can I, before we get started, can I ask you how do you identify your mustache? Is it a porn stash? Is it a <laughs> is it a classic? <laughs> Uh, 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 was it Starsky and Hush stash? Like, how do you how do you define Is your there stash? labels? Do we? I label? don't know. I don't think I've labeled it. It kind of just happened. It was one of those things. Where like, oh my god, two years ago now, uh, pre-pandemic, I started kind of growing it out, and I was like, you know, this is working. I've got my little stash brush and my stash scissors. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me let me start doing it up. You know, I stopped doing the baby face thing. I was like, let me just get the stash going. It's kind of it's it's been no. Sticking. See, it's working for you, but that's why I say like. It looks like you at a gun range because you have that 1990s cop. Uh oh, uh oh, so like, you know. here. <laughs> oh man, uh -oh. it's 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 tones, it's tones arch nemesis, oh my God. the Morgan. Yeah, That's what we call him. It's not David, it's Mike, you know. <laughs> Mike's his apprentice. Is a mustache. <laughs> All right, oh, let's talk about some fun news like in the news right now because um Titan season three is out for those who wanted to know it is on HBO Max. Um, I think I'm the only one on the panel who has seen season one and two. I've enjoyed Titans. So I think I it's watched, one of the better DC properties. I, watched, I think season one, or at least the first half of season one, whenever whatever that was when they got out of the, the asylum or whatever the case or the hospital. So I guess that's season one in total. That's season one. That's mid-season one? That's mid-season one. Um, I'm okay. going to say this. This is my only complaint about the show. The way that they ended season one and the way they began season two, I felt was in reverse. They should have had the opening for season two as the ending for season one. That is my only complaint. But that's why I don't want to waste too much time. One on of Titan. my biggest gripes is just how they handled the Bat family. A lot of they're just like. It gets better. It gets better, Does it but like I like how they handle Jason Todd because he he's really ooh, yes. he was my biggest gripe. He's really because he sucked in the comics too before he got off by the Joker, so he sucks. Yeah, but he's an asshole. Oh I love it. God. He is such an asshole. Is, we're not here for Titans. We're not talking about Titans. Anyway, please. I just want to say season one to me was trash, and I'm glad the writing got better during season two. Wait, That's so it. Charlie, since you're here, yeah. Batman versus Superman or Titans? No, not even a no, comparison. Don't, stop, don't, stop, stop, don't, stop. don't answer. Okay, don't, next up, don't. Tony. How was Free Guy? Free Guy was amazing. Was it? <laughs> I loved it. Uh, saw it with my wife. She loved it because it was a good movie, and I loved it because it was a good movie with really good video game references, and they were able to really make that whole uh, world because it's kind of like a GTA world that he lives in, but they made it work. And the story is really great. I had so much fun with that movie. It's really good. Is it is it 
equivalent to like a live action um, Lego movie. A little I, bit. I mean, well, it depends if you like what you expected, like what you expect a good version of that to be. Yeah. Because yeah. the Lego movie was a good version of what we want a Lego movie to be. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a, uh, you know, because it's like, you know, because video game movies are just hard because you don't know what to do with the story because they're so expansive. <laughs> and this. <laughs> Um, I didn't even watch it. I I helped a friend with the red carpet uh, stuff. Like I helped her yeah. uh, do camera work for it, and then they were like, "You guys want to watch the movie?" We're like, "Nah, we're okay." Yeah, no. So this was good because like they took the elements that make it a video game, mm. but they wrapped a really well done story in it. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is fantastic. He had his hand in creating the movie, so I think we were just they already in a good for have a, you have a you seen like movie, all right? the YouTube commercials that he's been? Well, he has his own channel that he does a lot of his promoting. Yo, so it's so good, like, definitely funny. Have so. you seen the posters they made the for like all, all, all the They did the bad so art Mega Man good. poster. Uh, yeah, this is how you know Ryan Reynolds is a game fan. They did the he bad art bad box Everything. art Mega Man. Yep, and it's rated PG thirteen, so they get one fuck, and the one fuck they use is great. <laughs> now, next on the list <laughs> in the news, great. and I'm glad you're here for this one, Charlie. Is is Disney having problems with uh, a second Marvel star? I mean, I don't think they're having problems, but I guess I could reword that. Who How do you guys about? are feeling about Bob Chapek right now? Um, what's and what's going on? I thought you were going to talk about Dave Bautista um, and where oh, he stands. Well, the, yeah, well, there's a little, so there's that and that. So we'll start, we're going to start with uh, a boy, Shang-Chi, and, and how they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to experiment Sorry, with I this just, movie I just, release. I just, hey, Michelle. Shake my, I just shake my head when we talk about Dave Bautista because, like, I love Dave Bautista as Drax, but, like, you don't carry that clout, man. Like, also, I've I've heard I've heard stuff uh, saying that it wasn't so much that they didn't talk to him. A lot of the um, the reps for this, like uh, I think the head show, one of the head showrunners or writers for uh, What If, was like they reached out as far as he knew to at least their people directly or to the actors directly. So the fact that he didn't get anything, maybe the offer you know for it was too low, and they were just like, ah, we're not going to tell him. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's gonna. I mean, we will find out tomorrow because I believe tomorrow is T'Challa, T'Challa's mm. episode. So we'll see how big of an impact Drax is. Because even, even in this past episode of What If, they got a bunch of actors, but they've got like one or two lines. You know, they just repraise the role just to repraise it. But they, yep. you know, like Stanley Tucci was in it, but he had like two lines. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, so it, it might be that where Drax isn't really a big, uh, big part. Where versus Yondu, you want you you need Yondu to be Yondu. So right. Well, I think um, I think the, the the slippery slope is that there's a lot of want for the continuity with fans because there's another animation I could reference that is great in its own right, but it's also going through the shitter because they stayed away from the continuity. Hashtag uh, War for Cybertron. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I, I I liked it. It was an alternate Bit, take. So it. I'm, I'm it was watching, an alternate I'm take. It now I'm watching it now, and I'm I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, it was I'm, an, I'm intrigued but, to see where it goes. It's the same thing, like like because and not to bear off, but because it kind of ties in um, with them not going with the voice actor of the original Optimus Prime, the voice actor for Megatron, because they were like, oh, they're going to cost too much money. And uh, Peter Cullen actually talks about it, where he's like, yeah, they opted not to go for us because they didn't want to pay us what we're worth and so i kind of i can see where dave patista is like look 
if you're looking at it from a continuity basis, like you're already bringing in all the actors to do this. Um, why not keep that continuity? I think it does the fan service and it keeps it does something that DC keeps forgetting to do and that keeps that's keeping actors in place to roles without switching them out. But how do you feel that they're saying that Shang-Chi right now is an experiment? I mean, I know it's like their experiments to see how it's well, going to do well, in theaters. Yeah, right they gotta, now. we gotta we gotta make sure we we play it out yeah. the way it's supposed to be, where the movie itself is not an experiment. It is the release schedule of the movie that is right. the experiment. That yeah. the movie will but be coming still, out. In the theaters. phrasing of it yes. doesn't. Yeah, the terrible, awful phrasing, especially right. for the the first uh, pan Asian superhero movie like this. Um, horrible phrasing, doing it in an investor's call where you think no one's going to let that out, kind of just letting yourself talk without thinking about it. Um, yeah, not defending the the wording, the word use. Like that's that's kind of where it where it is. I think they have to do damage control because of what happened with how they're treating Scarlett Johansson and and Black Widow. Um, and I think they're just going to see what happens with Shang Chi and see how it goes. It's going to be out in theaters, and I think after forty five days is when it's going to go to disney plus i think it's gonna people are gonna watch it because they're gonna I, I don't see how that experiment works because who's not gonna watch the newest marvel movie within 45 days like all the people who who watch them there are ways to do it like in new jersey we have a drive-thru so we're gonna go see it at the drive-thru right you know well, me and sean me and sean who my partner in crime couldn't be here we were actually talking about that because he brought that to he brought that to my attention and i think it's a interesting idea and i feel like they should have did it with black widow um if they were going to try the experiment out they should do it with black widow i think it would avoid it a lot of the legal challenges that are happening right now as far as like the breach of contract and the amount of money that she's not getting i think that it should have happened there that it's a great idea to have both in theaters and streaming happening at the same time but a fair middle ground for theaters is to allow for them to have that early access where think about it like this in in the past when a movie would movie would hit a theater and then after a year or after six months it would be released i think with streaming services if we if they allowed this 45 days to happen it allows for the box office to meet whatever they're able to meet financially mm-hmm. because you still have to take into advice do you still have to take into consideration that we're in a time of COVID? So not all theaters are open. People, as much as they want to return back to a sense of normal, they're still utilizing the option that, hey, I can just sit at home and have a movie night. So I think a fair, I think if they would have did this with Black Widow, it would have been a better experiment to see how does this work out. How would it and it allows you to forecast, okay, this is the amount of seats we can fill in theaters. All right, this is what we grossed here because D- Disney really doesn't release like their box office. Well, they don't release their streaming numbers, how much they do financially, but box office numbers do come out. And then double down after 45 days, hit, let it hit streaming services, which is a lot quicker than waiting the six months for it to hit DVD or so forth. So let's jump into deep in what we wanted, wanted to talk about in this episode, which is the new series that started last week that debuted for the Marvel Universe. What if? What if we turn this on? (laughs) Tell him do the thing. Yes, yes, yes. Tonight we are talking finally season one, episode one of What If Captain Carter were the first Avenger. As you know, we will talk everything. Nothing is off the table. 
Tony Stark has died. Sebastian uh, Bucky did not die and is regular. And Peggy Carter is in 2012. I would assume based off how that episode ended, if we're going based off the Avengers one timeline. So um, we'll start with you, Charlie, with what of your thoughts when you saw this series, when it came out um, this first episode, what were your, what are your initial thoughts? What were your feelings before we start getting into details? I, you know what? I enjoy it. And I'm going to, I'm going to start. I'm definitely going to talk shit about DC. <laughs> I feel like, so for the longest, I've always been like DC is being has been able to capitalize in the animation market where Marvel has fallen short. I feel like the What If series is really going to be Marvel's answer to okay, we can tell a good story, um, especially if we continue to use the formula that we have with the current live universe. Um, I think so far, like what we got in that episode one was just awesome. Like uh, the fact that Cap Cap like cap doesn't well he doesn't rogers doesn't become cap you know like you in the beginning you're like oh i think he's dead but he's not dead and he he ends up inheriting the iron soup and then i don't know i, I just think it was a, it's a really awesome episode that's super spoilers i know if you didn't watch it i'm sorry <laughs> we already said it we already said it spoiler warning we're not you had a back, you had a week sir. you had a week you did yeah, one up. Week. like we, we we don't even do what we used to do where it was like four yeah. days like yeah. before, it was like four day. The episode would drop on Friday, and then we would talk on Tuesday. Like literally, I have a week. But some <laughs> some of the tones I do. I, I was talking to my roommate about this, and I really do like some of the tones, like of that time frame. So even when she has the serum, and she's like, "Hey, um, I did this because if we didn't do this, we were going the the experiment was going to be ruined." And you have these, you have the generals who are like, "You're not even supposed to be in here because you're a woman." Yeah, and I think that is a very, very strong. I think the only other time I see that in the Marvel Universe is with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where uh, Falcon is saying that, "Look, if I don the 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 cap like as 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 a as a person of color, if I don the silver suit, this is how I'm going to be." And I think with Peggy, you see the same thing, where as a woman, she's able to represent the mantle of America or or Britain. Because uh, I don't think they really identify if she's Captain Britain or if she's Captain America. She's this, Captain this, Carter. Captain, yeah. Um, which I feel like they're playing. They're trying to play it safe because her uniform is the Captain Britain uniform. Um, and I get it that she's now representing both the U.S. and Britain. But anyway, yeah. but she's the like fact that she's representing the Allies. Right. Yes. Yeah. But the fact that in that moment where she's the strongest person in the room, um, she can take down a whole entire army. She is seen as a woman. I I think that is great writing. Um, it yeah. definitely sticks to a timepiece. No, I, I agree. I think um, so. We never, and maybe we maybe it, it happened more so in the Peggy Carter show. I didn't watch it because they don't consider that canon. But we don't really see those struggles that Peggy deals with. Like we see her as this really strong female character who holds her own and has and you know needs to get shit done. You you call him Peggy. Uh, but she, you know, but we even get, you know, stuff from her, her daughter saying that she was, I mean, her, her niece talk about how she was always trying to break through the, the glass ceiling. And we never got a chance to see that because her whole story happened in, happened with Steve back in the day. So the cartoon allows us to see that struggle 
of Peggy and how she gets through it. And I think they did a really great job, you know, to what you're saying, Charlie, to illustrate that because we just don't have enough time with her. Um, maybe in the future, if we if they decide to bring Captain Carter into live action, maybe we'll get more of that and we'll see what that struggle is. But the fact they already want it. Yeah, want it. we were able to get that within 30 minutes. I mean, yeah. shit, we had a 30 minute. This is a jammed packed episode. We got all of Captain America First Avenger plus stuff with Peggy yeah. in yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. No one could say it couldn't be done, but it's like, you know, I, I, I like you said, Tone, we saw a lot of Captain America First Avenger and just like we saw a lot of scenes actually. We saw. A, important scenes in the movie recreated when she re when she comes out with um the prisoners when they were rescued and that whole scene that is the firefight and originally with steve holding shield now it's peggy the scene with the train they kind of recreated that too um and again this was all they took a uh, two hour long movie and recreated a story in 30 minutes and i think and and to touch on on it yeah, in the Peggy Carter show, they showed what she went through because, again, it was still that whole, like, you're a woman, you can't do this. When they touched up on that in this, I was like, yeah, they're sticking to the time period because they didn't. Like, if you were a woman in the Army, you were either a medic or you were working back home in the yeah. factories or the administrative. Yeah. She was on the front line. And it was funny to see that tone of the general. It's like, you can't be out there. Blah, blah, blah. And then she's winning, making him look good. Like, yeah, it was my idea. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah, remember, there's the I mean, they got to keep they got to keep it straight. I mean, yeah, I mean was... if anything is accurate, it's taking credit for shit that isn't yours. Mm. Right. Well, Two remember, of my favorite moments. Okay. There's, a, there's the subtle joke where they're talking about the suit. And he's like, yeah, had I became Captain America, they was going to send me on tour to to sell bonds and i think that was a you have to kind of clap at that little like okay yeah you're right sebastian and everybody's right like they took a whole two-hour movie and they found ways to condense it into what if like yeah. that right there well you want to what if my favorite two moments were when she was rescuing the prisoners and dum dum goes Oh, they have women like doing whatever. Like I forgot what like the the throwaway line you said was. Some line. <laughs> and and like she tosses the guy against the cage. He drops and he goes, "Oh, I guess so." You immediately see him just go like, "I'm I'm an idiot for saying what I said because obviously she's getting it done." Like I don't care who rescues me right now. I'm in no position to talk. She's she's doing it. Cool, no problem. The second part was when uh, that same general was in the room and she flipped the line of like you you're lucky to even be in this room and i was like oh shit Boom. you know uh because it, it, it is one of those things where uh we like like charlie brought up that we see in um in, in falcon wear soldier and and with this that but just because they have the suit doesn't mean that they get the the or the suit and the power doesn't mean that they get the respect that like comes with it it's still like, oh yeah, you you're you know you're our dancing monkey kind of thing, and it was like, come on, like, but it it was good to see What's... that they like made a point to like highlight those throughout the show. Mm -hmm. And what's kind of crazy too is that like Steve in the first American, he you know he was the dancing monkey. He didn't just get to go off into the fighting lines. He literally was a dancing monkey to sell bonds, and it got and they were like, 
we want nothing to do with Peggy Carter, even though she's this really strong soldier. The fact that she's a woman, we can't have her selling bots. Like they no. just were like, that's a that's a whole thing. Well, I mean, it's you know. Amazon. Like it definitely yeah. falls into that that hierarchy of patriot of patriarchal conversation when it comes to either uh, the way that we look at women, the way that we look at. Uh, people of color, the way that we like at PLCs in this country, and I'm very happy that Marvel is is tackling that. I mean, even if, if you grew up reading comic books, like I feel like every genre talk comic of character, they've always managed to tackle these very important social issues, and I'm happy that it's continuing continuing across the board in this universe. So. No. Now I have to ask you guys, how did you guys feel about these animated fight scenes? Holy shit. So Holy good. shit. How did you Charlie, 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 Charlie? So wait, Charlie. so is it is it so I because I have I'm I'm trying to question like is it all 3D or is it part 3D three-dimensional character design or is it 2D character design? Does anybody know at this point? Is this fully like two like I think is it it's more, like it, it's a mix of with it's it's not 2D, it's 3D, but it has that cell animation feel okay. that makes it feel like you're watching something in 2D. Um, and Law made the comparison too when we were talking about the episode. It looks like something from Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, and if anybody watched Love, Death, and Robots season one, it's the episode Fish Night. It kind of looks reminiscent to that style of animation. And the gr the cool thing too is this, is that as we were looking down to see if anybody was tied to that, they have a lot of big animators who worked on a lot of big projects and one of those projects that we all saw and loved was spider-man into the spider-verse and we saw how that had that 3d style but it looked 2d so to see them using that and getting a lot of these people who've worked on a lot of big 3d movie projects to work on this show they didn't spare any expense when it came down to okay yeah. we got to get people to make this feel like it's just popping from a comic book so yeah, it felt like a whole two D style, but the, it it and and popped off the pages. It's 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 what bad three D anime wants to be. Oh, <laughs> well, and this heart. is going to sound bad. If the animation quality was bad, it would look like Archer, and I I enjoy Archer, but if the animation quality was bad, it would look like Archer. And Archer, is I'm it, not sure if I should be offended by that as a like huge <laughs> fan of Archer. I'm, like I'm a fan because it's kind of. And I think, you don't watch like, Archer for the animation. You watch Archer for the for the voice acting. Yeah, I mean, but it's. I feel like it's a very specific thing. We're not gonna. You know, there, the animation, like, the animation for Archer works with the voice acting and the story they're trying to tell. Right. Like you can't have one without the other. It works. I'm, all, all I'm saying is, if you dumb, if you dumb down the animation, because I'm actually I have it playing right on the side of me. If you were to dumb it down. Especially in the genre that they're using, it looks like Archer season six. <laughs> so that's why I say if you dumb it, it if you if you dumb it down, if you were to dumb down the animation, it would look like if the animation was bad, it would look like Archer. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna find all the bad 3D anime. I'm gonna send it to Charlie to watch oh, so that Charlie wow. could appreciate this animation. But no, I mean look how like <laughs> it was so fluid when she did the whole thing with um when it captain carter with the with the trucks when she yeah. went like this with the trucks and that and i was like dude that just looks so fluid and then how it just like flip it's just and then the, the crunch and everything and then she's just going i was like dude i was like oh my god i'm i'm 
I feel I'm like done, her done. excitement of like, oh, that was cool. I'm gonna do it again. Was all of us going, yeah, yeah, do that again. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I think it, they really highlighted, and you know, we I don't know what the time frame was for her, but they really highlighted the fact that she has more experience as a fighter at that time than Steve, because mm-hmm. Steve yeah. just had the grit and the the heart. But like she had the the practical sense of it because she was an agent, so she's able she was able to kind of get it and use it and be very fluid with her movements. Versus Steve, where you know it probably would have been way more choppy for him because he finally got this kind of body to do that stuff in. And they really emphasized that this was like second nature to her. Well, uh, piggybacking off of that tone, we talked we talked about it. Like, what does the serum do? And we talked about it in, in Falcon Winter Soldier as well. Was the serum literally enhances what you have and what you are? You know, so if Steve with a rap sheet full of ailments at his disposal where he was he wasn't looking too hot before he stepped inside a chamber uh, versus Peggy, who is in peak physical condition and a great tactician fighter, like it, it was already going to be a, a whole walking problem. Also, well, too, it, to add, it enhances their character. But go, Charlie. I'm, it, it, this go, Charlie. is considered uh, the first super soldier, right? Serum, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah. 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 It's the so, good stuff. I, I would like to ask a question about about this, but I want to make sure like I'm this this ladies and gentlemen, this isn't my question. So I don't want this question related to me. Wait, this wait. is a question that wait, is coming wait, wait, from wait. a person. So um oh man, who who did it better? Uh Captain Marvel or Captain Carter? I'm gonna say wow. this. I, I oh, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be. Wow. I'm gonna be. I'm just Captain bringing that. Carter. I'm just bringing that to the table. Captain I'm gonna Carter. be honest. I think Captain Carter because um, this is the thing. I've really like. I liked Captain Marvel. It was mm-hmm. a good movie, but it fell along those lines of early Marvel movies when you can tell they're rushing a character mm-hmm. to get them ready for an ensemble movie because they did that with Thor. Okay. In his first movie, yeah. but I feel again, even just coming off of this as characteristics and everything, Captain Carter was just more liked because Peggy Carter is a staple in the MCU, and Haley Atwell portrays this character very well, and you just like her character more than Captain Marvel. And I don't feel like we've gotten to know the real personality from Captain Marvel because we haven't really had that. And she was just very stoic, like, like a robot in a way mm-hmm. where Captain Carter, Peggy is like, she has this charm to her. It's kind of like, it's like comparison is this. Um, for example, the rock, the rock was one of those people with this charisma and everything, get the crowd around her. That is what Haley Atwell brought to this character. And that's what we got with um, agent Carter. You love the Agent Carter, and now the fact that we're getting her as Captain Carter, she has this charisma. She has this. It's just everything about her is likable. You just love, and and even when she's like having fun beating the shit up, people, I was like, dude, there was just more personality in there than they allowed to happen in Captain Marvel. Okay, yeah, but I also think it has to do with the fact that like Cap uh, with with uh, Peggy is that she's relatable because she's yeah. human, right? Like uh, Carol, sure is human, but she's a creep. She, you know, with her not having her memory, she's 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 not relatable. She's not relatable, at least in the first movie. I don't find her relatable. She's mm-hmm. a Cree who's on Earth and is like, all this shit makes no sense. And I'm now picking and choosing and finally getting my memories back. So maybe yeah. in the Captain Mar in the second Captain Marvel movie, she's gonna have to have some fucking personality because she's gonna have to deal with Photon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
You know, like she's gonna be like, why weren't you there for my mom? And she's gonna have to deal with that. So, mm. I mean, I'll wait for the second movie, but I that's always been my thing with Carol and how she's portrayed in the movie. She just doesn't feel human because she mm-hmm. wasn't her from Captain Marvel on, she wasn't human, she was Kree. Okay. She kind of she, she kind of feels like Superman with amnesia. Yeah. Like Superman fully, fully, you know, decked out powers and just like Oh, like, is this what happened? Is this what I, how I'm supposed to react to things? And again, I'm one of those who liked Captain Marvel, but the breakdown for most people is it felt like she had her powers, and it was less about like the hero's journey that we're so used to, versus mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm big, I'm strong. Just how strong am I? You know? Yeah, yeah. But do you, but do you guys think that like? Because I, I, I enjoy it. Do you think that because we already know that this is a variant storyline, um, mm. and I want to touch on that in a second, because this is a variant storyline, and we because Captain America, um, the first Avenger, really sets up this universe, mm-hmm. it's very easy for us to transition to Peggy Carter. Like, if we didn't have a Captain America First Avenger movie, and then we, but we got, we still got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we got um, Agent Carter, do you feel like the transition to really enjoying this would be there? Those nuances and so forth. Well, there are rumors that with what's being said, because they're saying that what if it's official canon? And since Loki opened up the Pandora's box of the multiverse concept Mm -hmm. into the MCU now, the rumors are that at by the end of the series, we're going to see the guardians of the multiverse. Okay. And it's like, and, and it's funny because I think we got a small preview of that in a Toyota commercial, or it was a car commercial where it shows like some of the main leads for some of the episodes. And then party Thor comes in in the car and it starts smacking Ultron's because we know that Ultron is going to be some form of big bad. We know that we're going to see a version of Dr. Strange, a version of Spider-Man, a version of black Panther. Um, well, Takala mm-hmm. as a star Lord. Um, so that's what the rumor is right now, because okay. again, they released the entire episode list and this may set up something and um it may even set up something going into the multiverse of madness who knows right. but um there are rumors too that um a live version of captain carter may make an appearance in the mcu movies just with this concept again of the multiverse being open but to answer your question yeah <laughs> go ahead uh <laughs> um i think that I, 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 for me personally, I think it work. I think Haley Atwell plays Peggy really well. That I mm-hmm. enjoy seeing her yeah. on screen. I don't, and I just see her as just a counterpart to Steve. Okay, like she's on equal loving. She's she's an equal to him in in every way. Like sure, she's his love interest, but I don't see her as just like the girl he's gonna go pick up to go dance with. Like she's equally as part of Shield and a founding member of Shield. And Haley Atwell plays her to that point where it's like we want to see more Peggy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, anybody who wants to question that, go check out the um, Agent Carter show. It was going to make you want more Peggy. Yeah. 
Oh, you want uh, to? Yeah. I have a I have another question there from the audience. This isn't my from the audience. From the audience. I just want to make sure. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it's 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 all Sean. I wanted to touch upon real quick when you were mentioning the episodes. Uh, when we talk, we know we're getting uh an episode about Spider Man. Apparently, they pulled back from how dark they would have made Spider Man in that whatever that story would be. And then someone showed a clip of like early like '90s Spider-Man when he turned into a whole spider, and they were like, "Scarier!" Like, you realize what kids we have, right? Like, come on, like we're we're the '90s kids. Like, you're not doing yeah, they, this to us. They, they made a whole toy after that, didn't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. Listen, um, I had the toy. God, what was his um, man spider? No, I'm thinking of um, Morpheus. Like. Morpheus in the cartoon sucked your butt. Morbius. Morbius, my bad. Morbius. Wrong, wrong character. I, could, I was trying, and I didn't want to look it up. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> he sucked your blood with little suckers on your hands, and that's sure. way more creepier than a dude biting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm suck the blood see. from my hand. <laughs> I'm curious to see what they do with this like dark Spider-Man. But we're gonna make a PG thirteen or whatever. I don't know what they're I doing. We were, I thought it was Dark uh, Doctor Strange because we're getting a- no, no. Yeah, we're getting a no, Dark Doctor know. Strange. We're getting Spider Man Zombie Slayer. But I think it. I think to what you were saying, well, they actually pulled a Spider Man episode okay. because they were going to do the Man Spider one where he turns. But this one's like Spider Man Zombie Slayer. Uh, so boo! If I can ask this question, right? Because this deals with no, gatekeeping. Absolutely not. Uh, ever, ever since we talked about Loki and the What If series. I've noticed a trend, and I'm not calling anybody out who's watching this. But if you are, maybe I am calling you out. Are you calling out our own fans right now? Gate gatekeepers like to say things like, "I don't like that. That has nothing to do with the story." And then you're like, "Hey, it's an alternative universe, or it's an alternative story." Still, I don't like it. But then Marvel capitalizes on a word. That still means alternative. And they say it's a variant. And people are like, oh, it's, it's yeah, I like it because it's um it's an alternative uh storyline. It's a variant. Wait, how do you how do you how do you like one because it's now called a variant, which is just an alternative story? But if you give I, I, I don't I just wanted to bring that to the forefront. You know, I'm not calling nobody out out there. You know, shots fired by Charlie. I got got, got, a little bit of spice. I'm not here for gatekeeping. Like, I'll gatekeep you away from a seat at the table so we don't hear you. (laughs) Let's go. I'm just because one of the things I think about with the What If series is I think it's a great way to play around with fan theory. I think it's a great and safe way to play around because it automatically sets the tone and says, hey, outside of the canon universe that you are used to, what if? Like that second well, time I you want to know what's it's, funny? A, it's a fucking sandbox. Just have fun, man. You wanna know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I know what you're talking about. I'm just gonna weigh in there because I know a lot of people like well, well, the DC movies now they're gonna introduce the concept of the multiverse, blah blah blah. Like, I'm sorry, the DCEU didn't introduce the concept of the multiverse in their cinema, they actually did it in the shows. Yeah, with the flash, Earth One, Earth that. Two, Earth One, Earth Two. So and they did it well too, pre-what if pre-loki and they did it pretty well and that's how they brought and then and and i would say this on air on record is that these the the arrow versus 
um, Crisis of Affinity Earths is the second best superhero ensemble that is done as a live action right yeah. after Infinity, right after what Marvel did with the Infinity War, because it, it was it, it gave a lot of nods to a lot of DC properties, actors who work like, for example, Kevin Conroy got a nice big nod in there as a version of Batman. We got to see um, small um, this guy who played the Tom super Welling. Tom Welling, um, and it kind of like gave a closing to Smallville. We got to see the original actor who played the Flash, John Wesley Slip play his version of the flash and it was a continuation from the show and i was like yo they really gave a lot of got to put on the king the superman yes and actually properly get to say goodbye to that playing superman and i and again it's the second and they did that multiverse concept well now that it's in the hands of marvel now and i feel like again you you have Three um, comic book universes because the Arrowverse was always separate from the DCU, and I don't think they should have done that. They should have used it to help launch the other properties, but they mm-hmm. did it. They didn't want to. The studio execs didn't want to do it at the time, and I don't think it's they're too messy. Your entire oh, universe is a mess. Oh, and, here, and here's how Crisis did it well. They even featured Ezra's Miller's Flash meeting the Arrowverse oh, Flash. Yeah. In at one scene, and they might do it again this time to give a nod again to, to and I was like, you know, that's what you need to do. Have fun with it, and that's what we're seeing with Marvel. But so, go ahead, Charlie. I know you're. You we you know what? This is the Charlie is the host today. Go ahead, Charlie. What's the question? First of all, I hate giving DC credit, but I want to give them DC credit because Marvel did something that I'm always yeah, clowning them on, and I think it's a very ah don't want to curse on the show i you know kids watching um what kids so kids they did a very shitty move right and i I, this all deals with agents of shield we all know that cinematic wise in the marvel universe they killed off um oh god agent colson they brought him back in agents agents of shield and they were like that version of him does not exist now with us now having um, a multiverse timeline that they can bring anybody back. I hope they don't drop the ball and they allow for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be joined into this universe because if they do not, then I will say that, yes, DC, who the only reason they brought together all those franchises was because it made sense and they realized they had either uh, shows on different networks or they just needed a reason to bring all their... uh all their titles to one big universe. If Marvel does not pick up on this narrative and bring Agent Coulson back using multiverse, using variants, using this whole Loki um, uh, affecting the timeline, which is the this is the perfect way. Then I don't I don't have. I can, can I add? Can I, I know we're supposed to be talking about what if, but can I add? Can I add? Can I? So um, we already know that the actress for uh, Chloe um, and she walked away from. Um, was it Powerpuff Girls? Uh, I was just looking up some stuff, but there are rumors that her as Quake and the actor who played Phil Coulson are going to make their MCU appearances, and it may be in Secret Invasion because they're talking about that she had to walk away from Powerpuff Girls due to a conflict in her schedule. So we don't know fully yet because, again, <laughs> Marvel doesn't put any of the characters on the... They don't allow them to put that stuff on the IMDb until after they make their appearance. So, 
yeah, what they're doing is this is um I think well, I think what Kevin Feige is doing right now is that he's taking um well we know that um the actor who played Daredevil is making his appearance and we know that um we've heard rumors that the actor who played Wilson Fisk is making his appearance in Hawkeye. We know that um so these are things that keep popping up. He said he would rec- he said he would cast um the guy who played Matt Murdock, um Jessica Jones, the actress who played Jessica Jones, the actor who played Punisher, he said he would just recast Luke Cage and Iron Fist to tell a different um hero's which, power. Which he but should again, only he's only doing Iron, uh, Iron, Iron Fist. Yeah, I, and, especially I, after I, I, I mean, heard so he I didn't, heard he didn't want to work out. I, <laughs> yo, I heard from like the yeah. stunt trainer was, was like, Yeah, he, he didn't want to do any of his shit. And I was like, Yeah, major props like yeah. just went down off. Oh man. But yeah, I mean, it's and I think it was like this. It's like I know a lot of people get mad with the whole Agents of Shield and all, but what they have to understand is the history is that Kevin Feige didn't have control of Agents of Shield. It was under the Marvel TV division at the time that was doing Agents of Shield. They did the Runaways. They did Cloak and Dagger. They did um, it was they did Agent Carter. Um, they did the Inhumans. So that was under another branch that we, wasn't. Can we cinema. not talk? Can we not talk about Inhumans? Can no, and that's that, again that can stay in a bottle. That can stay in a, that that can stay in a bottle. Not good. But big now that Kevin that, Feige has control of it all. Mm-hmm. Look! Look at what Marvel did. They literally like this has been since day one. My my like biggest gripe with both like franchises is Marvel was like, hey, we don't have all of like our property under the same umbrella of the cases because of legalities and all this other shit, blah, blah blah. But we're gonna make it work. Then they start switching out the stuff that we know is canon to not be canon, but we're not gonna say it's not canon. We're just not gonna include it in anything. So all the Netflix stuff, they technically never like fully dismissed the the Netflix Marvel shows. They well, literally they, they said they literally just said like, oh yeah, like we're moving away from that and we're separate. But they never like said outright that Agent Shield, the Netflix shows, all those shows on Hulu were not canon. They never well, outright said it. Then you have DC mm-hmm. who was like, hey, hey, we own all our own property. But fuck it, we're gonna make everything separate. <laughs> like y'all don't make a goddamn lick of sense right now. What are you doing? And we're gonna tell you they're on different Earths. Yo, it don't make no sense. We're gonna cover our asses. Oh my well, god. Well, to to your point with Marvel, right? And something that I've always thought about, and this is why it makes me think about Agent Coulson, is that even if you take the Netflix series, um, one of the great things is that there's always reference back. To the MCU and all of the Netflix series, they refer to the attack on New York. That was in the and, beginning. That was in and, the beginning. But even in, in in Agents of Shield, they refer to the attack on New York. And I think as long as that reference is has was created, no matter what they do, and Marvel, I'm Marvel, Marvel, I, Marvel, Marvel, I'm speaking <laughs> to you. You've bring set up, up the bring building blocks. You set up the building blocks. All right. The, when you allowed for writers to say the attack on New York, you set up the building blocks. Do not fuck this up, Marvel. That's my one F-bomb. Do not mess this up because you have the opportunity to bring back everyone, Marvel. Marvel, Marvel, let's talk about Marvel. Let's really, let's really talk about this. All right. Because you can go to Path of DC. Sure. Hire actors who don't really care about the characters. You know, write women characters that have that are written by men 
and and there's no relation to it. But no, Marvel, you, you could do better. We expect you to do better. We want you to do better. Do better, Marvel. Do better. This has been a PSA from uh, Charlie Radio Williams from the Juice for Geek podcast. And for 25 cents a day, we could send Charlie a cup of coffee and a ham sandwich um anyway so let's get it because we 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 went off a tangent on this because there was a lot of other stuff i want to touch up well i want to give a shout out to jeffrey wright who came back to who's in the marvel verse now playing the voice of watu the watcher um who now we have the watcher in play but um i don't want to spend too much time in the watcher um we had samu um the rumors are that that might have been samu Gorath, who uh peggy carter um, was fighting at the end because again we know that that is an interdimensional character that is in the marvel universe so it's like you know tentacle action um but let's talk about the differences of how peggy disappeared versus how steve disappeared and then waking mm. up how did you guys feel about that because i, I will not lead him in charge with this because he gave him the psa we're gonna leave it law mm-hmm. so i think i think it works because you're dealing with uh two different things with uh steve going away going on ice and then getting discovered uh the timeline passed everything happened as it did you get hydra you get like all the other elements of uh you know throughout history you know that happened as we know it but with the introduction with the introduction of um i'm not gonna try to bother say garath whatever the tentacles name is um with this we get another uh, level of like that inter- interdimensional extra planar like enemy now. So with that, if there is a creature like that in the multiverse, it is only, only a hop, skip and a jump to any other timeline and any other multi, any other part of the multiverse. So just by introducing that, I think they brought about a whole new, you know, list of things that they can do with that, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Tony. Um, I mean, I think they had their own versions of the hero of the hero disappearing, right? So Steve is very selfless. We saw him being selfless before uh, when Tommy Lee Jones throws a grenade and he jumps on top of it, even though if you catch it, Peggy's also jumping on top of that, that grenade as well. Um, and then how he goes into the ice as he's sacrificing himself for the greater good. Peggy is a fuck fighter. And she's like, I'm sacrificing myself while fighting this thing and going through some interdimensional portal. And I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm still going to fight it and I'm still going to save the day. So I think they really took their two key like two key descriptive uh, factors of these characters and had them disappear uh, very relatable to who they are as characters. So I thought it was very, very um, cool to make it different and the same at the same time. Um, And then, you know, Steve waking up and kind of just being woken up and in shock that he's alive, uh, you know, but versus Peggy where she's coming out ready to fight and just ready to kind of keep everything moving. And then she's very, very reminiscent of what we saw in the beginning of Avengers one, when it's supposed to be Loki coming through and Samuel Jackson's, yo, my man, lay down the scepter. When he's like, lay down, please lay down the sword. Let's talk. Um, And it makes sense for her, for her to come out that way, ready for, for battle. Because in, in, when Loki came out, that was an act of war. Uh, that was an act of aggression for her. She's now here as a 
as a call of aid, apparently, maybe. We don't know. So I think it was it was cool. How more they, tragic tone. More Ooh. tragic? Yeah. Ah, I say Peggy. I think they yeah, I think they were both tragic. You Peggy. felt it. Yeah. I mean, but Steve, but Steve knew what he like Steve, Steve knew that he was sacrificing himself. Mm. Like knew that he was sacrificing himself and then and got didn't expect woken to up. come yeah, didn't they, expect to come back. Peggy, for all intents and purposes, when she fought uh Sumagarath, we don't know what that time bubble is because like there's always those you never you don't really know, right? Mm. Like she goes through the portal and then instantaneously in one shot, she's coming out 70 years later after fighting that. So to her, it's been a it's been uh like a like a, a blip of time, like what happened to Scott Lang when he was in when he was in True. the in the uh, in the quantum universe. Yeah, you know, Charlie. five years was five hours. So I think uh, for her it's tragic because she's coming back thinking I'm gonna go see Steve and see all my friends, and she's like, it's it's seven years. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna agree with Tone only because for Steve he's more like he's waking up from a coma like state, and it takes time for him to adjust and come to the realization that he's in the future where for Peggy, the moment she comes back, it's a instant reaction to where she's like in that moment in the, in the way they did the animation, you can see it on her face. And I think that I, I, I feel like it falls short in that it only falls short because of the time frame, the time limit that they have and they're going for, for the episode, it falls slightly short, but I think there's also a great job in there that you see it on her face that she's like, wow. Like, and it's, and it's that devastating. Wow. Like she knows without anybody telling her that she has missed out on time, which is very important. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with, with uh, Captain Carter on this one. Like, I think that it's more tragic for her because she's able to, she's quickly realizing where Steve had time to process like, you know, yeah. And just for those wondering, this is Samu um Suma Gorath. This is who they're thinking that this is who she was fighting. But um it's interesting because the rumors and, and reports are that this is possibly the villain for Doctor Strange 2 in the multiverse of madness. Oh. And do you think it's coincidence that they're saying that what if it's canon and Doctor Strange is going to and, take place and the in the and the first episode was what of what if gave us this <laughs> that'd be interesting Ooh, if you don't remember him go play marvel versus what, capcom what, what would have been interesting is uh and i'm going to say this if when she came out she only had the shield but in the marvel cinematic when uh dr strange is fighting him if that's the case there's a sword stuck in. There's a sword stuck in. <laughs> Yo, a relish. That, that would have been pretty cool. Wow. Oh man, just have just have them at the table with each other, uh, Starro and Shuma. <laughs> yes, Charlie. Uh, it's hmm. listen. I I I gotta say this. I, if this is the future, uh, because they they've Where? already announced it to after. I think mm -hmm. I don't think it's coincidence that after this show's first episode dropped, that they're like, yeah, Marvel's making a whole, um, what is it, animation division now, and it's like like you said in the beginning, we said that you know DC for many years we gave them like, well, they make great animations, and it's like now it's like, what's the excuse going to be? I mean, I'm happy for all of it, but it's like, what is going to be excuse now? It's like. 
one engine can turn. It's like where this one's now getting all the cogs moving and everything. It's like, dude, I'm excited and, and I'm glad that you know the next episode's coming out tomorrow. So I, I don't have nothing else. To say. Yeah, that was a quick just hard stop. Yo, we're gonna be at like an hour exact. Damn. Ooh, man. This is the first. This is the first that we haven't gone over. Uh yeah. We're about to. All right. Well, I, I won't. Just for the I won't it. ask. I won't ask. But this last question. Um, no, you got another question. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go for ahead. it. Um, me and Sean were talking about this. Damn, is Sean not on the show? So I'm like, so you're 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 in the you're in the tough spot shut, shut with, me, with me. Yeah, with one me. hour. We don't know one hour. One hour <laughs> doesn't exist here. <laughs> so as you guys know, I study film. Um, and one of the things, conversations that's happening right now is the idea of fast food versus substance. Um, so to give more context to this, there's the conversation that movies like Marvel is fast food because it follows a set ideal of what movies can be or what super, or that genre of superhero movies where there's no substance, there's no in-depth. So you have Scorsese talking about that, that there's no there's no depth in the roles being played. So I kind of wonder what are other people's take? Do you feel that superhero movies have become the fast food of entertainment because you know what you're going to get? There's no... There's no uh, the flavor is always the same. It's like you go to McDonald's, you know you're gonna yeah, yeah Tone. Yeah, damn Tone. Like I, feel, I, would, I, feel... I would say, phase one of Marvel. Yes, I would say 100. percent Phase was one of what Marvel. substance or fast or food. fast food? Oh. Good fast food. So like, good fast food. Okay. Like chip, like Chipotle. Right, oh, oh, <laughs> right, like you know, because there's there's level, you know, it depends. I like Chipotle. Chipotle is a real, you know. I love Chipotle. I didn't you know? like their first Avengers movie. We're gonna make everybody hungry now. <laughs> That's like, like, is that, is that uh, like a cold? So like, for... No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, because like you, there's various levels of fast food. So, but I'm saying, okay. good fast food is right. Marvel Phase One because they had to get something out mm -hmm. that was just good enough for us to accept, right? Um, and that is true. There's nothing wrong with just also too, guys. Shout out um, to Emilio. Put his link in the description to check out his comic. Um, it's there. Uh, yeah, no. So, so it's a well, like a hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with being entertained. I'm just answering to answer the question, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say fast food because Iron Man one, I say is the Godfather of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. But I'll call a spade a spade. Marvel uh, Iron Man two isn't that good, and the and the Hulk with Ed Norton isn't that good. Mm. And Thor with blonde fucking eyebrows, it has moments. Okay. Mm. And Captain America one is it it can be boring at times. My wife has not watched Captain America one. We've put it on three times. She's fallen asleep three times, but she loves Captain America two, and oh, three. Wow. So I would say that Phase one is very fast food. Uh, phase two, when we start getting into, see, right? see <laughs> Michelle tease me. Michelle understands. Uh, Phase two, we start. Phase phase two, when Kevin Feige really is like at this point, uh, direct, pretty much talking to Bob Iger at this point. He's holding all the reins, and now we're getting more uh, genre films. Okay, that's when Marvel starts getting genre films. Winter Soldier, I think me and Law and a bunch of us feel it's mm -hmm. a spy flick that happens to be a superhero movie. But if you don't tell someone it's a superhero movie, you can still enjoy it. Yeah, 
And we said that about yeah. Black Widow too. Yeah, and we said that, and yeah. we said that about Black Widow. Mm -hmm. So I think as we, you know, aside from some of the origin stories, so like Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, things like that, like they had to be superhero movies, but it started becoming genre films, mm -hmm. and then films that started having uh, feeling to it. And I think they kind of were able, they were able to culminate that with uh, with Endgame and uh, with Infinity War. Okay. Because like Ant Man, Ant -Man that, was a heist flick. I, Ant Man's a heist movie. But like those two, and Endgame and Infinity War are a culmination of ten years of work, and all these legendary directors can say whatever they want. They have not done something that has been the culmination of ten, of of work that led up to a story. Mm. I love Scorsese. I love uh you know love love um Tarantino and Tarantino. all these other guys. I love all those guys, but their work doesn't balance on top and relying on the one before it to carry a coherent mm. story so, so i think it's we uh -huh. it starts as fast food and then eventually we got really gourmet food and now we're at a point of trying to figure out how marvel's going to keep it up like okay. that's where i'm at i'm like how the fuck are you guys going to keep this up because there's going to be some stumbles and there's mm. going to be ensemble mm. films that may not work um but also they take risks mm. they are not afraid to take risks where dc doesn't take no fucking risks. Okay. Like they don't. Like they're taking risks. They're they are doubling down on the diversity aspect. They are doubling down on obscure comic book characters. Just doubling down on all this, bringing in comic newer versions of comic book characters played by different people. And that's not well, fast food. I think going fast back food, to you, fast food, you expect to taste the same mm -hmm. every time you have it, no matter where you go. Yeah. At any point, and I think. I think Marvel's beyond that. DC's giving us bodega food, the what? bad type. No, no, no. <laughs> well, well, going Don't back be to what... bodega food. Girl, yo, I wow. said the bad type. Don't I said it. the bad type. You see, I saved myself right there. Going going back to what I said earlier, I think nothing. what it is with DC, there's no, there's no like, um, there's no consistency, you know, mm -hmm. and you can kind of say that with Marvel because we have like three different Spider-Man movies. Whatever I think, Marvel. That's, that's no actually matter, Sony's fault, though. No matter what, there's a consistency with the Marvel films. As far as the topic goes of substance and fast food, I'm in the middle. I think there's a gray area, and I think there's something that nobody's talking about. I think Scorsese's right in a sense of Hollywood is missing substance, but that's Hollywood's fault. The reason it's Hollywood's fault is when you start having, uh people focus on let's do a remake let's do a remake and you don't leave room or you're not even looking for room for new stories you're just baking off of remakes mm -hmm. then you get into this place where uh directors like scorsese tarantino um so forth who are adaptation after adaptation who are used to creating uh uh, genres or or or, or 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 material that is a form of substance are like, hey, everything is being taken over by the superhero genre. Now, to your point, Tony, and I agree with you, what nobody is realizing, and you just hit the nail in the coffin, within the superhero genre, you can create substance by telling the stories that are missing. So just like born identity, like you get a born identity type story. Okay, somebody can write that in a different facet. They don't have to use a Marvel superhero. It just so happens Marvel has brought together a creative team to say, hey, on how do we break from the norm of just focusing on genres? How do we tell stories within these genres? And I think that 
is in itself the substance. So I think there are, I think right now we are experiencing a form of substance, but there is that area that's missing. And I think it's a Hollywood issue. It's yeah. not an issue that's supposed to fall on the fans or the audience. It's a Hollywood issue. I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate there. I'm gonna say I agree with Scorsese, but then I don't agree with Scorsese because okay. of one thing. Um, when it comes down again, I'm not um, and people are probably not you're a Marvel fan, but from what I've seen is that Feige, who's gone on, who people have gone on record saying he's the best producer, he's taking something different with the superhero genre and show that you can tell more stories with that. Um, I get what you meant with Spider Man, but Spider Man was more of a Sony thing because Sony was doing that, and at the time you had a lot of studios that were releasing a lot of superhero content but they weren't delivering stories they weren't delivering substance they weren't giving you the steak they were just giving you oh here's your burger there you go um and the thing is is that a lot of studios and it's not just superhero movies it's other types of movies as well that want to copy that formula but then they rush we saw that with the dc movies they rushed they didn't make a formula where like tone pointed out this was a 10-year plan, and this plan is still going beyond the 10 years that was already put in place. So there's scripts that they've been working on. For, you. for example, Ant-Man, they wanted to try to have him for the first Avengers movie, but they held it off and put Ant-Man in the next phase. DC didn't do that with their characters. Like They should have had Wonder Woman with her own movie, not as a side character in Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman shouldn't have happened. We should have got Superman 2 and Batman in his own solo movie. There are a lot of things we should have seen different in that first phase of DC. And the thing is, is that now when Scorsese's tackling like, you know, superhero movies, it's because a lot of people want to copy the Marvel formula because they're like, oh, if we build this whole expansion thing, I'm taking soup. Like, for example, Netflix now has purchased a bunch of superhero properties. I think they have the Millerverse and they just released a show. Um, was it Jupiter's uh legacy? Trash. Jupiter's, um, yes. And the thing is this they released that show. Now it's a great book. They released a show, and the show has very mixed reviews. But you know who did it better? Amazon's the boys. But this is something that they were copying. You know who did it better? When they did the Umbrella Academy. And they did it better when it came. We didn't need that. We didn't need and 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 you're starting to see this thing where it is a problem in Hollywood. And I think it was James Gunn that pointed out that they're like, when Hollywood sees something take off, you're going to see nothing but copies after that. Copy, hey, but that's our society. That's our yeah. that's our capitalist that's society. The, that's our property yeah, society. So but that is a Hollywood problem because um, mm. if you look at it again, that led into DC when they did the first Suicide Squad movie. They saw what worked for Guardians 1 and Deadpool 1 because look at the trailers for the original Suicide Squad movie. And then after Deadpool drop, look how quick they changed those trailers to try to make it the fun, hip um, villain movie that was trying to copy what Deadpool had done. Well, and that's why I go back to because even even if you go back before that, even if you step out of DC and Marvel, if you look at yeah. the Twilight franchise, if you t talk about Lord of the uh, Rings, Hunger Games, Harry, Harry you know, Potter, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I heard this back in the early two thousands when they were like the new the new cinema time frame that we're going to go through is the year of the trilogies, and that's what we went through. But there wasn't there was very little substance in those trilogy. I would say Lord of the Rings gave some substance. And the second one, I don't know about the um, Hobbit. Uh, how many, how well, many, ho the Hobbit that was a studio thing, 
The yeah. studio wanted three. Yeah. They originally were going to do two movies. Yeah. How many paranormal activities are there? Like, how many heart? Like, and I think that's what Scorsese is talking about. Mm-hmm. When and without realizing that, yes, he's kind of he's he's kind of playing victim because how many mafia movies has he like he, he has he created? Even though for him he can say okay. Each of his mafia movies are different because they tell a different aspect. Yeah, you can relate the, that to you can so, relate that to superhero movies. So, like but, the, thing, mm-hmm. so the thing with that is that some some stuff I've heard in regards to Scorsese and mafia movies was that Scorsese was doing mafia movies when westerns were like all the range, and the same shit that superhero movies are getting now is the same type of shit that mafia movies were getting. Because that's all that kept happening. He, you know, he's the king of mafia movies, right? Um, but that that's happening. It's now he's now the old man yelling at the sky. But I think the, you know? the fear, the fear here is because even I think about it sometimes. When is the well going to run dry? You know, when if everything becomes superhero movies, then when do we go? And I don't think it. I think this is when you phase you phase away from the word substance. Because substance is, is something that shifts in different genres. I think the fear is what happens if superhero movies become the everything. And, and none of us, even at fangirls, fanboys, we don't want that. Like, we're happy that we're in a genre that the technology is there to bring to life superheroes the way that we see them. But just like you guys don't sit at home on the weekends like, oh, there's nothing on. I guess I'm going to rewatch Marvel. Like, we watch other things. And I think that's where that fear is that it, people are afraid that the substance or the quality is just going to be everything's a superhero movie to the point that nothing is really a superhero movie. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the other thing I want to add to that too, is that if you notice again, like when we said, when the, when it changed was when Captain America Winter soldier doesn't feel like a superhero movie, it feels like a spy movie. So now when you start telling stories that just involve characters who we know as superheroes. We're looking at the overall story. If you if you're gonna do a superhero movie, we know like the the point A to point B superhero movie. It's just gonna be a superhero movie. But now when you start to get deep and dive and start tackling the characters and the issues and all that, that's when now the story starts to flesh out. And you're getting more than just a superhero movie. But go ahead, son. I'm sorry. So I think, and this may be my personal preference when it comes to these substance films that you know Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, all these these directors make is that it's tied to the movie theater going experience superhero movies and book movies and all these generate so much fucking money that's why hollywood wants to do it i like like theater right cinema i like those movies am i going to the theater to see them i am not i'm i'm not like i just rented uh uh the green knight which i really want to see with Dev Patel and A24 is doing a screening and you can pay 20 bucks to watch the screening tomorrow night between X amount of hours. And I want to see it. I wasn't probably going to the theater to see it, but I want to see it because I've heard really good things about it. All these really specific movies that are considered theater or cinema that get Oscar praise and everything. I want to see them, but I don't want to go. I don't need the theater experience to, to experience it. They don't, I, to me, that's watching it with a partner and having a discussion with it talking about it later, having some wine, having dinner. I want to watch that movie and have that. When it comes to a superhero movie, I want to go to the IMAX and I want to have the best experience. I want the big ass screen. I want all the fucking sound. And so I think it's hard when we talk about this because 
these guys are making all these films, but they're expecting it to be a theater experience. And we're now in a day and age where we don't need the theater experience to experience really good media. I don't think we, it's quite that. I think so. So Seabass so says something that that just clicked for me. I think the fear that people are thinking of but not talking about is what you see in the boys where superheroes become so commercialized that they're every part of culture to the point that you're just over it and think about it and and there, there was a comment that was just made about how like yeah in the comic yeah, book industry it's... you see that like john the genre keeps going strong but be honest even as fans we get tired sometimes when we start to feel like the thing that we enjoy is being overly commercialized. And right now we're at a peak where once again, it's good. It's good quality. But the fear is when it when it hits that pivot and it starts to come back down, will it come back down in a way that we just we go back to our no, whatever the new normal is and you know, yeah, there still are some superhero movies not as heavy as we have now or do we go back to a phase where it's kind of like you know what nobody really appreciates the superhero comic or superhero movies anymore because it's now been so saturated and over commercialized it's no different than when we talk about zombies or vampires charlie we're gonna invade your show to do that we're gonna we're gonna make this a topic we're gonna do we're gonna make this a nice special because yeah. you want to know what we gotta get sean on this but it has been 15 minutes 16 past the hour it has been a fun episode. We 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 know you're coughing back there, Will. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, Charlie, I want to thank you for coming on, guys. Mm -hmm. It's been another episode Nerds Around. Um, I want to give a shout out to for Amelia putting out that comment too. Um, check out his book. Um, if you are loving superhero comics, it's by Darkfire Press. Um, it's called Exodus. The link is in the description. Check out the interview we just did with Chandra Free. And if you want to see us continue this conversation with Charlie and with his um, other half, Sean, um, we will continue this. Just let us know in the comments. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, we just want you guys to enjoy. We will be back next Tuesday with Eric Hutch. This has been another episode of Nerds Around. This has been your boy, Sebastian. Your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone from across the hall. With Pastor Everybody. Charlie guest hosting. What the hell?